into the contest. It's Thursday the 17th of March. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by Shane Lee. Shane, I think everyone is rich in anticipation after hearing about the business lunch you were heading to at the Lord Nelson, the ambition of getting a large schnitzel with chips and double gravy. How'd you go? I changed my mind, Timmy. Oh, um, what? First, first things first, uh, it was good to see crowds back in pubs yesterday, a few tourists mm. as well, so that's good to see. But no, I went with the prawn pizza option. Wow. And, I was, and I was pretty happy with that too. Got some little chili all to go with it. And um, yes, I didn't regret it at all once it came out. So it was a, it was a cracking pizza there. Snitzel will go on another day. Of course, the AFL yes. got underway last night. Melbourne Demons and Western Bulldogs will talk all about that. Daniil Medvedev, well, he may miss Wimbledon, of course, the Russian number one. And all the rugby league action tonight, it's going to be a cracker. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Shane, Daniil Medvedev, of course, uh, took Rafa right to the edge at the Australian Open final. I think that's what a lot of people will remember of recent times when they were watching him in action in Melbourne and his temper. But because of this uh, deplorable situation that's happening in the Ukraine, he may well miss Wimbledon. I think he will. And I think they're really going to turn the screws on um, a lot of Russian sports people to, to do anything they can to... Uh to stop this uh, dictator doing what he's doing. But uh, look, it's a real shame because if you get, if you're fortunate enough to ever to get to a number one in the world, mm. particularly in someone like tennis, you know, to miss out and, and sort of be banned from games due to political stuff would be, would be, uh, be shattering because you don't generally stay at number one for that long. And uh, yeah, it'd be a real blow to him, that's for sure. Well, it was, um, uh, look, it was a pretty ordinary test match, wasn't it? Again, in the sense mm. of petering into a draw. So we've had two draws. And look, a lot of people are raising their eyes or, you know, looking at these pitches and thinking, what's being prepared? Yeah, well, definitely flat wickets. And uh, I think we spoke about them um, not enforcing the follow-on. I thought they just had the momentum there and it, and it turned out. Look, Australia bowled 171 overs. They had, um, you know, to, to try and take 10 wickets and, and they fell short. They're only the second team in history to... Uh, Pakistan, that is, to face more than a 1,000 balls in the fourth innings. So a, a huge effort from them to, to save this test match. Um, Barbara Zam t- scoring 196 and Mohamed Rizwan uh, 104. But uh, yeah, our bowlers really um, were under the pump. Uh, Swepson, you know, on debut, he bowled 53 overs and none for 156, so a tough outing for him. Nathan Lyon ended up with 55 overs, four for 112. Those figures look better than they are. I thought Nathan Lyon bowled pretty poorly. He bowled two straight. Uh, and our fields were very uninspiring as well, Tim. And, uh, 
yeah, I think we need to do a bit of soul searching because we were just waiting for them to make a mistake. We didn't ever force the force the tempo. Yeah, uh, Pat Cummins, in in his defence, obviously he's being tested right at the moment. He had a fantastic beginning as Australian skipper. You can't have a crack at his bowling, can you? Like he, he's the one that sort of got that that vital wicket and sort of gave them a breath. You know. Um, but it's difficult. It's very difficult. The uh, Cummins bowled twenty six overs, two for seventy five. Look, he always does a good job as, as a bowler. But I just think um, the the senior players, you know, Smith and mm. and Cummins and these guys, they just set set very uh, defensive fields. Um, as I said, Nathan Lyon bowled way too straight. Um, we just didn't put him under pressure with some real sort of I don't know just different fields and make him try and do something different. They just sat on us. And uh, they were never really under the pump. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't get the wickets. It was a real shame. Everything points to Lahore now, which is the final test mm. match, a three-test series. First two tests now uh, in Raul Pindi and Karachi finishing in a draw. If, if Australia manages to win that last one, it'll be looked upon as a very successful series. It would be pretty poor from a cricketer's perspective from every angle if you have another draw. So three draws in a test series is exactly yeah, what... Yeah, well, I think, I think Pakistan had the momentum now, Tim. Mm. They, they would be very, very happy to say that. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Australia's under a bit of pressure uh, in this third and final test. Yep, absolutely. Now turning to the World Cup and Elise Perry, well, she's definitely... Uh, look, if, if there was ever a question mark as to whether, you know, her career was starting to slide, you'd have to rethink that, wouldn't you? A couple of uh, player of the match performances. Yeah, she's she's a superstar, isn't she? And she was quite funny leading into this World Cup. She said, I may be the one to uh, to be set aside and bring some young talent in. Well, thank goodness they haven't. As you said, Timmy, two man of the match performances in the last two games. She's our leading wicket-taker and she scored the third most runs in that Australian team already. She's just a superstar. She gets big wickets and scores runs at crucial time and uh, if you're going to win a World Cup you need a very very experienced player like her in it. Oh absolutely and uh, of course it's, it's a very sad time for the family and friends of Shane Warne and the, the family want uh, the, the the tribute adjusted at the MCG. Yeah well they're going to call the Great Southern Stand the SK Warne Stand um, being Warney's initial Shane Keith Warne um, and his family's just asked if it could just be called the Shane Warne Stand. They said Warney preferred Shane Warne as opposed to SK Warne, and I think that does suit him a lot better, and uh, I'm sure they'll do that for Warney. Yeah, it does make sense to me as well. Well, we've got lots to talk about because we're going to look at last night's win by the Melbourne Demons over the Western Bulldogs tonight. It's Melbourne Storm and South in the Rugby League, and there's stacks more. What do you think of the Demons over the Dogs? It was a, a topsy-turvy sort of game. The the uh, the Red Legs Demons came out uh, with a real bang, um, but the, the Dogs really clawed their way back, and it sort of went quarter to quarter. Um, the Demons getting home in the end, 97 to 71. Um, the typical guys, Petrarca, two goals um, and 38 disposals. Also, uh, Oliver, you know, he, I think he took 32 disposals as well. So their midfield do, doing the job. Brown kicked three um, for Melbourne. And, yeah the, yeah, the dogs were there and thereabouts. So they just didn't seem to have the, the dynamic um, players up front to do something special when they needed it. It's going to be interesting to watch this Richmond-Carlton game, isn't it, tonight? Yeah, big time. I think... Uh, it's always a big test. I think there's a lot of anticipation around how well Carlton will go this year. I think it's been a long time since they've had the cattle um, mm. to really make a difference. And uh, if they can get one over Richmond early doors, that will set them up for a very, very good season. Yeah, and I think a stack of South Sydney fans are watching 
tonight in Rugby League with huge interest after losing to Brisbane, one of the teams that were the poor performers of 2021. They're up against Melbourne. Now, Melbourne have got injuries galore, but this is, this is look, I mean, no comps are won in March or April, are they? But it's a pivotal game for the hearts and minds of South Sydney fans because a lot of them are still very disgruntled at the fact that Adam Reynolds isn't there. Yeah, and I think they, they showed in the first game that they really miss him already. And uh, look, this will really test. If any team's got serious depth, it's Melbourne, uh, you know, with three big injuries last match. They'll still come out to play. Um, they seem to find good players all the time down there in Melbourne. So, as you said, it's a real uh, interesting game, this one tonight, tonight, Tim. What about this rorting? And, and this was something that sort of leaked in last year, some of the coaches playing around with the injury laws. And they're playing with fire because, obviously, league and AFL and other sports have done a lot to try and get on top of the concussion issue and they're very, very strict around it. But the Bulldogs in particular um, may well be fined. Yeah, big time, uh, Barrett. And it looked pretty obvious too. It was uh, Jeremy Marshall King came off for a HIA um but it was clearly, it was more of a shoulder injury. So they get a free interchange there. So, yeah, I think they'll come down really, really hard. If they want to stamp this out, otherwise this will keep going on for the whole season. Oh, they have to. They have to yep. come down hard. This is a real yep. test for the NRL and um, because they're going to find all sorts of ways. We've seen it creep in. There's some, been some pretty obvious things that have happened over the past year, in my view, that have been allowed to go through. But this is one area um, that has to has to be absolutely perfect in its delivery. Mm. So uh, I do expect the Bulldogs to be fine, and I, I think that other clubs will cop the same thing if they start playing around with these rules. There's too much evidence across the board these days of a concussion and the damage it can do. We've seen a lot of, lots of players in recent years retire early, so it's a, it's a big big thing for the NRL to get right now. Uh, Cameron Munster's uh, admission over that white powder scandal. You do hope that he has turned the corner, don't you? Because he's such a talented, gifted player at every level, at Melbourne, at Queensland, at Australia. But he's obviously had some troubles. He has had some troubles. He's made a mistake. And uh, as you mm. said, Timmy, hopefully he can learn from that. Look, I didn't see him speak. Uh, I just only read the article that you're referring to. And it sounded pretty sincere to me. Um, I, I may be wrong, but he sort of said it really hit home mm. that he, he's got a young family and they could tear up his $1.1 million contract. He'd be, out, be without a job. And uh, he thanks the, um, the Storm for giving him another opportunity and uh, he says he's going to make the most of it now. So time will tell. Yeah, they should send him out digging ditches for a couple of weeks. And yeah. I think that he'd realise yep. yeah, you know, quickly mm. uh, where the easy money is. Now, Greg Norman, uh, look, he was always committed, always passionate, always never... Uh, not in the fight. And um, that's what he's basically doing here with this Saudi-backed golf league. Although there's been lots of controversy from Phil Mickelson down in and around uh, this proposal, this breakaway, this, what, what do you want to call it, a super golf league that he's behind? Yeah, it's like a super league, that's for sure. And uh, mm. but, but we're talking about a multi-billion dollar checkbook here, the Saudis have, and they're getting Greg Norman to try and get it up and running. As you said, serious pushback from the current players. Um, but Greg Norman said, no, nope, it's going to go ahead no matter what. And uh, it'll be funny when they start writing a few checks. It only takes one or two guys to jump ship and uh, <laughs> he might have a bit of a, a mutiny happening. Yeah, a lot of uh, talk about unvaxxed NBA star Kyrie Irving and he's gone berserk. This is 
This was really interesting to watch. I can't recall anyone in, in the history of, of me, anyway, watching basketball to see someone who scored 60 points in a game. This is unbelievable. And uh, unvaxxed, well, then maybe that's the way forward. Maybe a few guys have worked this out. But, uh, yeah, 60 points in a game, he dominated. It was serious, serious basketball. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just amazing. And, and just shows what a good player does to any sporting team, whether it be basketball, cricket, league, mm. AFL. You name the sport, take one of your best players out of it and then put them back in and see what happens. Now, soccer, footballer, what about this? Um, and, and, and the right result in the end, a player sacked over what was an absolutely sickening viral um, hit uh, and oh. he gave it an opponent 24 stitches. Mate, he just, he sort of, the opponent pushed him and then he sort of, he ran a good um, 15 to 20 metres to run straight up this guy and he just used like a, an elbow snap and just smashed this guy in the face and cut his head open and dropped him and uh, yeah, it was ugly. So he's been sacked from from the Thai football team and, uh, and won't play again and nor should he. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, to finish off with today, Shane, to walk or not to walk, um, what do you reckon in cricket? Yeah, no, look, I think, Timmy, I think uh, it, it's totally up to you, but I think the umpire should make the decision. There's no point walking. I think you get a lot of bad decisions when you're batting and uh, you get some good ones as well. So uh, let, the, let the umpire make the decision, I say. Well, Adam Gilchrist was a guy that walked. Uh, he mm. made his decision. What an explosive batsman. What a cricketer he was. One of the best I ever saw. And, and basically you came through with him at New South Wales and then he went on and just exploded, didn't he? You played with him in one day cricket. Adam Gilchrist, now he walked. But you got a different kind of walk <laughs> to finish with. Tell us, that involves him and you. It does, and Ricky Ponting. It was after a one-day match we played in Perth, and we were doing a bit of a, I suppose, a, a recovery session walk around um, this park in Perth, and it, it reminded me there was this probably Kings Park. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was Kings Park. And uh, but the thing I remember there was a, there was a guy laying in a pair of jeans with no shirt on um, on the park bench, mm. and he saw us and he jumped up and he said, "Gilly Punter." And looked at us and then sprinted off. And I thought that was really strange behaviour, like some drunk guy in the park. And Ponting said, you know who that was? And it was Ben Cousins back then. He was uh, obviously in a, a very bad part of his life. He's obviously got things back together. But I remember Ricky Ponting saying he, the way he's going, he won't be alive in, in years to come. And thank God he is now. But, uh, yeah, he was asleep in the park, clearly had a big night out. Mm. and sprinted off faster than any of us could run in, in the peak of our powers. Yeah, unbelievable. And he's got a new TV gig, Ben Cousins. He has, mate. He's going to do some stuff for Channel 7, uh, like a, a little five-minute segment in Perth, just sort of give a, his thoughts on the upcoming matches. Um, so it's good to see him, him getting his life back together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ben Cousins, what a player. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors in O'Brien Beer. It's gluten-free beer. It's the beer that loves you back, Tim. Absolutely. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.